0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito So Adam, there's been a lot of games on the West Coast. How do you stay awake for these
1: games? Well my my key is uh you know living in the central time zone kind of picking up that hour it's pretty helpful but uh, luckily the capitals have just done a good job of uh, making the play pretty interesting and uh, you know more importantly putting the game away so that if you do fall asleep a bit early you don't miss out on too much
0: yeah I mean that that King's one right you know I feel like that was they were up to nothing and then uh someone went to sleep around six minutes to go in the second period I'm not gonna say who that is that would be very unprofessional for one of us to go to sleep during one of these games where we watch every single second of capitals hockey right
1: there's no way anything else would ever come up that could possibly be more important wow
0: possibly all right uh well with that um uh, oh by the way the answer to that by the way is uh caffeine and forcing yourself to do laundry uh late at night because then and, and laying it out on your bed, so that way you cannot go to sleep until it's done. So that is that is the secret to staying awake. Uh, awake. So uh, with that, let's uh, start the show proper, shall we? And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals... Are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions? It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to
1: Washington!
0: Welcome back to Japer's Rank Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young, and. Uh, Adam, we're uh, back together again. Took a couple of weeks off there for uh, for Thanksgiving, but uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. You know, it's been uh, been a nice, relaxing couple of weeks. We've had some solid hockey to watch and, uh, you know, good times with with friends and family over Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you had a nice break.
0: I did. I did. I did. I was actually able to go back to D.C. Uh, I know that I was originally planning on going to a couple of Caps games and, uh, Instead, I went to uh, sleep and ate crappy Chinese food at home and watched with my family. So, uh, something that I would not have traded for anything else. So, uh, do you have a
1: good Thanksgiving? I did. It was nice to be... I was also home. Flew back up to the D.C. Baltimore area and got to uh, catch one singular game of Caps hockey. But it was nice. The team put together a solid effort, rallied for the win in overtime with a beautiful Dmitry Orlov goal. Um, and it it was just a lot of fun. That was the lightning game. So. Yeah, yeah, Caps looked it, good in that game too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Especially early, I thought they they kind of took the second period off. But besides that, they just uh, they looked good. Um, and and Verona had a whale of a game. So yeah, uh, you know, and I know you just recently wrote a piece about him I did, I did, I did.
0: I mean, um, <coughs> so. Yeah, about, I think it was like a week ago or so, I wrote a piece about Jakob Vrana. Um, basically, he is, uh, I, Becca, I think, was the one that used the word hashtag elite, but I'm, I'm rolling with it, as a, a lot of people have seen on Twitter. You know, I can't wait to count for everyone to realize about how great Jakob Vrana is. I know that uh, Patrick Holden of Russian Machine and I basically wrote a similar article. His, I think, was a little more kind of, you know, bullet pointy, and mine was a little more in-depth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the secret is Jakob Rana has been shooting at a elite level, ta- as an elite level talent for basically the better part of a year now, um, including last year and really, really going into this year. He's kind of maximized a lot of his game. Jakob Rana is in the top 10 in ter- in the NHL in terms of average shots per 60, you know, average scoring chances per 60, pretty much across the board in terms of generating individual offense. You know, when you look at rate stats, he's in the top five to ten in the NHL. And he's in leagues with, you know, people like Connor McDavid and David Pasternak, you know, and Alex Ovechkin. So, uh, you know, we're talking at this point really about a player that, you know, I think both eye test wise and metrics wise is, you know, really blossoming into an elite, elite talent that the Capitals have now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when when Isabel and I were talking prior to the season, it was. Yeah, you know, one of the big questions was Will Will. I mean, you call him Jakob. I'm used. To, I just think of that Joe Beninati video when they won the cup, and he just kept going. Right. Jacob Vrana, but he kept asking if he'd get 30 goals this year. Joe, Joe might have been a tiny bit drunk in that video. Just a I tiny think bit. both. I think both of them were pretty inebriated in that video. But I, I think um, I
0: think in general the, the cap the inebriation level for the Capitals over that like five day period was uh, probably enough to like sink a uh, sink an elephant.
1: <laughs> it might be, you <laughs> yeah. Know, um, but. I mean, the, it really looks like now he's on pace for, he's got a real shot, 30 goals this year. And uh, really his five on five offense has just been uh, tremendous. I mean, he's not getting, um, you know, strong first power play time, none really at all. And um, when, when he's been out there on the second power play, he's looked pretty decent. So um, altogether, all it, it's been a good year so far for uh, Jacob or Jacob Brana, And I look forward to kind of seeing how it, Plays out here over the remainder of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, I, th- I feel like
1: the big question
0: is so right now, I mean, Vrana is once Backstrom comes back, and it sounds, I mean, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Backstrom, I would imagine if, you know, they're probably not going to bother bringing him back on Friday against the Ducks, but, you know, he's going to be back soon. But it would seem like when Backstrom comes back, it's going to be, you know, Vrana's the odd man out on the power play, you know. At the same time, I I almost look at Vrana and I'm like, wow, they got to find a way to get this guy more ice time. So, would you experiment with him on the PP1? Or, you know, do you think the caps kind of set formula for that is, you know, worth kind of sticking with at this point?
1: You know, I haven't really noticed a ton about like kind of how the power play has been different. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would have expected to see a bigger drop off with Baxter mount. So, it'll be interesting. Um, I got to imagine that they're going to, you know, go back to the good old standard at least for a little while but um you know ron is young he's under a new contract the team doesn't lose anything by getting him more points or or really anything right uh, yeah it's, i'm not sure what his performance bonus structure is but uh, <laughs> so maybe it does hurt him a little bit but generally speaking um I, I think he's definitely kind of warranted that that increased ice time and we i thought the same thing a couple of years ago in the playoffs and um, he made it work. He, he's yeah. just—he's a dynamic player, and um, it's really nice that the Capitals have a guy who's continued to grow after strong performances in his first few years. He's kind of stayed on that um, strong, linear kind of projection for yeah. him, and, and, and that that's great.
0: And, I mean, if you look at Vrana, too, I mean, what's really exciting is, I mean, the Capitals have not drafted a ton of, like, most recent draft class aside, the Caps dra- have not drafted a ton of forwards early on and Rana was one of the few that they did, and oh boy, it seems like they nailed that pick.
1: Yeah, I think he was uh, Brian McClone's only forward drafted in the first round until this last draft. Yeah. Um, he had been, I actually was at that draft in Philadelphia when they took him, and... Um, did you have it, it any worked... idea who
0: he was at the time?
1: No, not really. So <laughs> the Capitals have been rumored that they were going to go after, I think, Hayden Flurry. A defenseman, oh, yeah. and then uh, a lot of the mo- mock drafts had William Nylander falling to kind of near their spot. Ooh, so, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good too. You know, Nylander's probably still better than Brana, but uh, you know, I'll take Brana any day. I mean, he, I guess I wonder where he'd go if they did a redraft of that class, but it would certainly be higher than he was actually selected.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was JP actually in our internal Slack. I think we did the redraft of this at one point, and I think Rana was somewhere in, like, the 5-10 to range, and, uh, yeah, wow, that's a huge jump from where he was before, you know, and I think, I think you could argue, actually, to put him in the top 5 for that class, so it's definitely, he's definitely exciting. Um, someone who is the opposite of exciting, in terms of, they play pretty good, I'm, I'm happy with this transition, um, someone who played a more defensive role is, uh, no longer with the Capitals, so, uh, Adam, we are now Chandler Stevenson-less.
1: Thoughts? <laughs> well, I'm really happy that Chandler Stevenson is going to get to spend, you know, half of his games in the arena where he won the Stanley Cup. So, hey. um, you know, there, there, there are bright sides for Chandler. I mean, yes. he had been looking a bit better, I thought. Um, you know, just a bit more engaged offensively. He still has the wheels. You know, he, he really can move up and down the ice. And it's not like he looks lost when he has the puck on his stick. He just doesn't quite seem to either put himself in the right place to take a shot or, um, you know, maybe just take the shot when the opportunity does present itself. So his overall lack of production really was staggering um, over the last few years. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to lie. He was never a guy that made a big mistake. It, you know, he did. You didn't wouldn't watch him play and be like, wow you know, you, you just totally cost the team a goal. And coaches and management tend to like those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Risk aversion is, is is rewarded in the NHL, if, if that's kind of your play style, or it, it still is valued by some in the NHL. And Sure. Um, good on Chandler of, uh, you know, having some value. The Capitals didn't, you know, lose him in the waivers for nothing. And um, good for him, and I hope he does well in Vegas.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think that, I give, I give I give Stevenson a lot of credit, because going into the year, and I I remember talking with you about him at a rink wrap and saying, he is going to, like, you know, he is like, I, I wouldn't have put him on the roster, you know, and I, I think he showed a lot in training camp, because the team was, I think, pretty clear in training camp that he was on the outside looking in, and he did well enough to merit a spot, and I think once he was in the lineup, you know, he wasn't an obvious liability and that's not nothing, particularly for a fourth liner. Um, I know that the way I kind of think about it is that he wasn't going to do anything to get anyone fired, if that makes sense, right? You know, he's not going to, like, get, like you said, he's not going to have an obvious blown defensive assignment. He's not going to, you know, be obviously out of position, you know, and so, like I said, that's not nothing, you know, but at the same time, I think that this makes a lot of sense, right? And you know, because the other thing that the Capitals are kind of dealing with right now is they are right snug against the salary cap to the point where a few weeks ago, they actually had to go the classic uh, 7-11 forward lineup. And so, you know, if there was a guy that was maybe a little ex- expendable, it seemed like it was going to be Chandler Stevenson, at least to me.
1: No, it definitely did. Um, it, all indications where he would be an odd man out, kind of heading into the regular season and um instead of you know as i said being a guy they lost for nothing they got a uh draft pick back for him so yeah um all all together it was a great trade for the caps it was uh you know kind of arguably a win-win for both the caps and the player and uh you know stevenson did score in his first game in a vegas golden knights uniform he did he
0: did and i mean the guy's gonna get some playing time there because i cody eakin i think is out for like forever for them and you know i mean if you're gonna you could do worse, I think, as a for a defensive center than Chandler Stevenson he's not you know I think on a like elite cup contender, obviously he's not getting anywhere near huge minutes, but you know he's not he's not nothing, you know, and I think that in and i think we as we now know, you know if the caps had you know a couple of million dollars more in cap space, then you know it's. It's one of those where, you know, I think that they would have loved to find a way to keep him, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, we're talking, we are, in the end, though, talking about a guy last year that had one of the lowest, like, shot attempts, and, and, like, just in terms of individual shot generation was one of the worst in just all of hockey, and was kind of in, like, a Dion Phaneuf level, like, of generating offense. So, anytime you do that, you know, it's going to be, I think, tough for me to say that I want you to play every night, but I give him credit, you know, he kind of, figured out, you know, a little bit of, you know, kind of a way to really provide some value to the roster, and I think that's, that's not nothing.
1: No, it's definitely not, so um, yeah, that's all I really got on Chandler. Yeah, but... no, there
0: you go. All right, so um, that being said, um, we, we talked about this a bit in the cold open when I was talking about how I was staying awake for these West Coast games, but, uh, you know, really, it seems like the Caps have been playing really, really good hockey out West right now, you know, I think that... Anytime you can go into the Shark Tank, which has kind of been a house of horrors for the Capitals, um, I think they have had like one of the lo- that's like one of their worst arenas that they play in, and not only win, but just really dominate throughout the entire game. I mean, they like I think they were up three one and then just kind of cruise the rest of the way. And so I was I was super impressed. I was I tolerated that game against the Kings last night. You know, I think it's one yeah. of those where you kind of just got to, the Kings are not a particularly good team. They kind of mucked it up, you know, and the Caps got a couple of early goals and kind of just ground their way down a little bit. I mean, we're talking there was, I think, like, each team had under 25 shots, so it was not the most exciting game to watch. But, uh, you know, a couple, of, a couple of big wins out there, you know. So, uh, I don't know, what are your kind of thoughts on their most recent play?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the Kings game was was a hard one to judge just because it felt so... Uh, lackluster. I feel like the Caps kept going for like a longer passes and they couldn't get it to break out properly. But I mean, they, they still played fine. It was just not. It was not an entertaining hockey game uh, on Wednesday night. But the the game against the Sharks was was really entertaining. I thought the Capitals kind of um, they hung with an team that have been winning a lot. Right? I think um, Jones was coming off of wasn't he one of the stars of the week? The, yeah, the week? he was. So it was, uh, and the Capitals made him look. Pedestrians, so, um, but you know, a, as they are prone to do. I mean, the Capitals have consistently been a a, a team that could, that shoots at a higher than expected percentage, and um, they they did it again. And but they're also playing strong, like kind of underlying hockey. I mean, they're not among the the top few teams, but in terms of kind of expected goals or shot attempts, but they are there. I, I believe they're still kind of. In that upper third, there's yeah, not the top Yeah, I, I, think,
0: I think I saw that they were, like, uh, somewhere between 51 to 52% expected goals. And this is actually good, because I want to talk about this. And because, I, you know, and I think we have similar, but maybe slightly different thoughts on this. For me, I look at the Caps, and I'm like, if they could just be above 50% in terms of the expected models, I'm going to expect, like, they've just consistently outperformed over the years. They're doing it again this year, you know. I, I, you look at that and you're like, just get above 50% on the expected stuff. And I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I don't think we're, they're going to be a team that's going to like, they're not Carolina, right? Carolina gets by a lot on volume. And, you know, although the advanced match also like them in terms of gener- generating high danger, I, you know, again, you're talking about a team that has had kind of finishing issues, you know, this year has been a little bit better, but, you know, I think that, the Caps, I just, I need, you know, you want them to be above 50% and the rest is kind of gravy. I don't know, like, do you have a kind of a different way you're thinking about it or I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are?
1: No, no, that, that, that's that's kind of how I think about it as well, right? It's, um, you look at kind of the Capitals and they're a team that um, is going to score at a higher rate. But, you know, if you got a guy like Ovechkin taking the same shot as a guy, um, I don't even know who they, who to use as an example here. Uh, Marcus Johansson was a guy yeah. who was shot, who historically shot well under expected. Yes. back in the day, um, and Ovi is you know the opposite. Ovechkin tends to finish at a much higher percentage. The Capitals as a team do that. So when I think about expected goals, um, and you know I've had on the show a few guys who have their own expected goals models, it's I think would almost more as, as a measure of shot quality. Um, you know, it does also factor in, of course, you know, um, quantity as well, but if the model itself does not include an aspect of shooting talent on offense and goaltending talent on defense, you will have a gap because those two things are real and they do exist. Um, and to some extent they are repeatable now to, (laughs) are they as repeatable as the other stuff? No. Right. I mean, that's what these guys have found. But um, the Capitals continue to do it year, after, year in and year out. So um, those are kind of my thoughts on that. And you you did point out the other example of Carolina, which historically was the the opposite of the Capitals, who would always have very high expected gold metrics and always underperform.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting, you know, and I think that it's, I think one of those things where, you know, look, we just have a lot of evidence that the Capitals have done this for a while now, you know, and I, I, I think that there's. it's also important, too, to say that there are limits to this, right? Like, I think it was a couple of years ago, you know, like, the Capitals were, and, and particularly, I, I, you look at, like, a Niskan and Orlov pair last year, were just, like, getting caved, and... No amount of talent's going to overcome, like, a sub-40 goal share, right? Like Or a sub-40, like, expected goals. Like, I, I'd be, like, I'm skeptical you have that kind of shot quality, you know, that you're going to be able to overcome something like that. But, again, like, you know, it's not like the Caps are sitting there, right? And it's not like any of their defensive pairs are really, like, you know, sitting at that level. So, I, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's one of those where, you know, it's definitely a, you got to kind of balance a little bit, you know, and I know that we kind of critique like the eye test versus the analytics, but I think it's also just worth saying right now that, you know, we're still developing hockey analytics a lot and there's just a lot of things that, you know, it's going to have a tough time measuring, you know, and I'll give you just one off the top of my head right now, which is, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about kind of the importance of, you know, cross ice passes, right? And that's something that the Capitals love to do. To the extent that, you know, maybe they pass up a shot that looks good from an expected model to get one that's slightly better. And so, you know, you wonder, like, is that maybe the next frontier of an analytics of trying to account for those kind of, you know, what happens before the shot? So, you know, and I don't know, like, how that's going to work. You know, there's a lot, people a lot smarter than me trying to figure out how to incorporate that kind of data. But to me, that also, that's just a big thing the Caps do right now that maybe isn't getting measured as much.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're, you're, you're dead on there, Greg. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot left to be explored, and uh, we're getting there.
0: There you go. Um, all right. Well, with that, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to do a little shorter of a show this today. Uh, I think that we got a long one uh, coming up next week, so not not no pressure, Adam. But um, but uh, so we're going to take a break here, and uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about Backstrom not using an agent. We are going to talk about John Carlson, and we're going to have a quick look at the week ahead. So uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm still joined here with Adam. Um, so, Adam, um, big news out of, uh, you know, the Caps, which is that Nicholas Backstrom is seemingly destined to be re-signing, but uh, interesting quirk, he's not using an agent. So, I don't know, when, when you hear about that, what are your kind of, like, immediate thoughts when you hear just a player not using an agent?
1: Well, you know, I think back to Ovechkin's contract that, that he did. Um, back in the late 2000s, and, and how he didn't use an agent and how that worked out well both for the player and for the team. So, um, you know, and, and I think about what is it? I don't know what in the NHL specifically, what the typical agent fee is. Um, like but, three to
0: know. 5%, maybe, or something, somewhere yeah. in that kind of
1: range. Yeah. So maybe that will end up kind of being a benefit to both sides and save the capital some money without Backstrom t- getting stuff taken out of his pocket. So uh, I'm actually on the optimistic side on this, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's tricky, right? Because I mean, so I will confess now. Here, I'm a lawyer, and so you know, I think more more lawyers in the room, the better, right? I think I'm the only one in the history of the world that thinks that. But uh, but
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: yeah, but okay. But, like, you know, I, I look at it, and on one hand, I always think, like, have representation. You know, that's just, in general, a good idea, I think, because you look at, like, a situation like the Drew Dowdy contract, right? You know, it's one where, yeah, it was, like, a high dollar amount, but they ended up doing it in a way that he was basically, like, could be traded or bought out or, like, could do, could do they could do a whole number of things that he might not like, and you know, if there'd been an agent there, maybe he's aware of some of the different kind of maneuverings that are going down. So, you know, on one hand, I get a little nervous because if something like that were to happen with Backstrom, you know, they've built up a lot of goodwill with him and uh, goodwill that I think is kind of extended to a lot, getting maybe a couple of free agents for cheaper than they otherwise would have. You know, I look at like a Justin Williams, for instance, where that happened, you know, and so you don't want to undermine any of that goodwill. But at the same time, I kind of get what you're saying here, right? Of that, You know, you're talking about a player that clearly wants to be a capital long-term, right? And I would be stunned if he ever played for another team. And I think you're probably, I would imagine you're in a similar boat there. So, you know, I think both of them agree. I think we're kind of looking at, you know, an interesting contract, but I think one that is very negotiable. You know, like, I don't think Backstrom really wants to break the bank, you know, but at the same time, you know, I think that he's probably do for at least a little bit of a raise on his current contract. I, I actually don't think it's going to be as much of one as people think it's going to be, but he's probably due for at least a small one. So, you know, I think that it makes some sense to me that, you know, maybe just take an agent out, you know, just like kind of do it with yourselves. And I think, you know, hopefully there's enough goodwill to where, you know, something doesn't kind of go sideways for both of them.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's, uh, it, it really is kind of a negotiation in good faith. So, yeah. Uh, point with how they're handling it so
0: yeah all right um so one one last player we have to talk about before um kind of heading out here is uh adam it is now i think we are 30 games into the year john carlson has 42 points john carlson has by far the most points among defensemen not only that he is like getting like up there in the league leaders just overall so I mean, I look at John Carlson and I'm thinking, wow, like he has got to be like a lock at this point for the Norris. You know, I know that Kel McCarr has gotten a lot of deserved buzz to that. You know, I think that I would imagine the good old hockey writers are probably a couple years away before he's getting that kind of recognition. But man, oh man, John Carlson has just been something else this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy because watching him, I don't feel like he's doing that much differently than he did last year, really. Yeah. Um, and he did have a lot of points last year as well. Right. So yeah. um, Carlson is interesting because when I think of kind of the quickest kind of most dynamic Capitals defenseman over the Ovechkin era, my mind still kind of defaults to Mike green, but mm-hmm. Carlson's kind of, you know, he's putting up so much offense right now and he's, um, and he, and he look, and he's solid defensively. I mean, he, he really is kind of the complete package and, um, you know, he, he got that big contract and he's really lived up to it. He's been great ever since. I mean, he was, he's, he's arguably better today than he was when they signed that deal, which is incredible Um, kind of where he is on the age curve. You know, obviously not as well as Ovechkin or, or anything like that, but he's still kind of um, just, just humming along here. And, um, as you said, it's hard to imagine him not getting the Norris this year. Um, you never know with the NHL writers if they're the ones who, I think, I believe they vote on that award, so um, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to imagine a guy that's done what he has offensively not winning the award, even if it is, as Carlson has said himself, that he is getting a, a little lucky right now. Yeah, uh, with, with
0: he's of, not going to keep shooting 13%, right? Exactly. Like, that, right. That's not going to happen. He's well, career average 6%, percent. right? You know, that's yeah. not going to keep. But still. And
1: even six percent for a defenseman is a, is a sign. Is yeah, 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 a good percentage. So, we'll, we'll we'll see how it comes up. He's been playing some great hockey.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. I think that he's definitely you know kind of. You know, and I, think it, I think it's good, too, because I think you look at kind of defensive metrics-wise, too. He was always, like, uh, the last, you know, before the last couple of years, before Kepney, he was someone that, boy, he gave up a ton of chances, like, right up the middle. And he still does that a little bit, but really, even strength-wise, I think he's been very good, you know. And I think JP pointed this out on Twitter today that John Carlson, you know, is not just racking up points on the power play. Three-fourths of his points have come at even strength, including nine of his ten goals. So it's not just passing the puck to ovechkin and letting him score he's doing a lot more than that
1: on the ice yeah he is i mean he really he as i said I mean, he, he is both offensively and defensively sound he's doing a great job bringing the puck out out of the zone um you know what, what more can be is really left to say about john carlson right now he's the best defenseman in the nhl yep
0: agreed agreed all right well adam let's take a look at the week ahead in the segment that i am stubbornly attached to um so, just a kind of quick look ahead. On Friday, we're going to be finally concluding this West Coast road trip. Um, yay! I'm really excited that these games aren't... I'm, I'm not going to have to stay up super late. Um, Friday, they play at the Ducks at 10 p.m. So, want, want, you got to stay up for that. The Ducks are not a particularly fun team to watch, but... Should be some interesting fireworks there. Um, Monday, they play at home against CBJ. uh, Wednesday, at home against the Bruins in a game that ought to be really exciting. I think that game's going to be on national TV, although don't hold me to that. Um, And then on Saturday, they uh, play at Tampa Bay. So that uh, ought to be a fun stretch of games. You know, a couple of real contenders kind of wedged in there.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, the Capitals have a kind of a... The schedule kind of starts to slow down a little bit for them um, which is nice because it's been just go, 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 uh, for such a long time now. But, uh, Anaheim game is probably going to be, you know, as you said, a slog, another slog, but, uh, excited for the Tampa tilt coming up. Those games always seem to be good. Even if Tampa is is not kind of lighting up the world, like I expected them to this year. Oh, yeah.
0: They kind of, kind of been a little slow. Um, and then, uh, the Boston game ought to be fun too. I mean, that's that I'd look, that is going to be a national TV and, uh, I mean, those are the, probably your two best teams in hockey. You're going to be facing off in D.C., so that ought to be a lot of fun. It
1: it, sh- it should be a good one. Pasternak um, is is doing some incredible things right now in Boston. Yeah, um, uh, he's he's looking. You know, if he keeps this up, fifty fifty is possible, which would uh, astound me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did not actually think that was kind of possible in today's NHL, but uh, here we are, and I mean, here he is, and. A lot of this now has been without uh, Patrice Bergeron, so just uh, really, really impressive year for him. Um, all right, well, Adam, um, we're—I uh, think we're—we're at, we're at a wrap here. We actually managed to keep our uh, keep my pontificating down a little bit. So, uh, where can people find your stuff?
1: Uh, everyone can always find me on Twitter at Stringham A, um, and we will be back again next week. Um, John Press is going to join me on the show as we kind of go through the Capitals All Decade Team. Um, and and really really wrap up what has been a fantastic decade for Caps fans.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well I can't I can't uh, can't wait to listen. You know, I'm getting on the sidelines of this one and uh just a hint: we have a couple of big guests coming up uh, that uh, I will talk about at a later date. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Rank Radio. Uh, if you can uh, read, write reviews, subscribe, tweet—I uh, can be found at JR. You can find the podcast at Japers Rank Radio on Twitter, and uh, yeah, listen wherever fine podcasts are found. And uh, if you uh, like us, feel free to give us a shout. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, have a good one.